0: Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. One of the things you need to understand, the gospel has two legs. Everyone say, two legs. You know, the gospel has two legs. One is the power, the anointing, right? The gospel is the power of God on the salvation for everyone who believes. You cannot preach the gospel without the power of God. Any gospel devoid of the power of God is not the true gospel, is not the full gospel. Amen. Because gospel is the power of deliverance, salvation, healing, miracles, signs, wonders, everything. It's a full package. Everything is in the gospel. Amen. So the gospel is the power of God. And you have to preach the gospel... And obviously, you got to be filled with the power of God, and then when you preach the gospel, what's in, on the inside of you shall be released, because you cannot give what you don't have. So you need the anointing. That's why Jesus said, wait, tarry in Jerusalem until you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. In a few days from now, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he said, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses unto me, right? Acts eight. So the power is to be a witness. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness because we need to preach a powerful gospel. Any gospel that's devoid of the power of God is not the gospel. It's the gas pill. I call it, it's, like a, it's like a placebo effect. And, that, and, and of course, here in America now, modern-day church has intellectualized the gospel. It's all an intellectual gospel without power, having a form of godliness, but without power. So the gospel... Devoid of the power of God is not the full gospel. So one of the legs of the gospel is the power. Taking the gospel to the nations, the ministry, whatever the kingdom, building the kingdom. One leg is the power of God, the anointing, the supernatural. The supernatural equipment to get the job done. Amen. Come on, say this after me. The anointing is the supernatural equipment to get the job done. Amen. We all have a job to do, right? We all have a calling. How many of you realize you have a calling? Everyone is called. We're all called. Amen. And so we need the anointing, which is the supernatural empowerment, to get the job done. But then you realize you can have all the anointing in the world, but if you don't have the finances, if you don't have the natural empowerment, the resources, then you won't be able to even, if you can't even go down the street, how are you going to go to the nations? Amen. So, then the second leg of the gospel is the finances, the money, the resources that you need in the natural. In the world system, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, money answers all things. Amen. I mean, when you go, I mean, all the stuff we gave away, thousands of dollars are worth of things. Some of it was donated. Some of it we purchased with the funds that came in. Others we just added from the church. We gave, we partnered with a couple of other ministries, the food bank, and then of course where we get the shoes and all that kind of stuff. But A lot of that is work, so there's a lot of that work that goes into it, amen, but the resources, the finances, the world needs the money. You can't go pay for things by faith. You can't go to Walmart at the checkout, you're like, okay, I got, you know, 100 pounds of faith here, you know. They want to see the money, honey, bread, Fred, Dojo, amen. So, but here's the thing. The supernatural empowerment, so when we talk about the harvest, one of the things that's happening and is going to continue to happen at a greater and more accelerated level in the last day's church is going to be a wealth transfer, supernatural wealth transfer, amen. That means God's going to bring resources into the hands of the church to get the job done because what, you know why, because the time is short. Just over a hundred years ago, at the turn of the last century, at 1900, by the year 1900, the total sum of people who had been born and lived on the earth was one billion. And I'm talking about not just one billion existing at the time, one billion total in the history of the world. Now we're at eight billion in just over a hundred years later. So, I mean, look at the number, look at the acceleration that's taken place in the number of people being born. And that means there has to be an acceleration because time is short. Time is short. We're running out of time. Time is not unlimited. We have a limited amount of time. This age is coming to an end. The age of grace, the age of the church is coming to an end. Very soon we'll hear the trumpet sound. And we'll be called up yonder and we will go home. Amen. We'll meet the Lord in the air at the rapture of the church and that'll bring the, this age to a close. But you know, Jesus said, when he talked about the signs of the end of the age, one of the key things he said was in Matthew 24, 14. And he said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in every nation as a witness. And then the end shall come. So if we are to be a witness, then we need the power of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power to be a witness. And then he talks about the gospel of the kingdom. He didn't talk about the gospel of men. He didn't talk about the gospel of hyper-grace, gospel of this, gospel of that, whatever. He talked about the gospel of the kingdom. And the kingdom of God comes in power. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in you. And the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That means you got to, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the, the entire kingdom of God is on the inside of you. The ability of the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. The wisdom of the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. The power of the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. And in order to advance the kingdom of God, which is what we are called to do as the last day's church, amen, is to have the power of the kingdom. Because you cannot advance the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God has to be advanced against the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus said, since the gospel of the kingdom has been preached, come on now, since the days of John the Baptist, when the gospel of the kingdom has been preached, the Bible says it suffers violence And the violent take it by force. That means that if you actually look at the Greek, it means there's opposition against the preaching of the gospel. So it's not going to be easy. When you get out there to preach the gospel, you're taking souls from from the kingdom of darkness. You're getting people set free and delivered from demonic oppression and sickness and disease. And every form of deception and chains and bondages are broken off of their lives. You have to have power to advance the kingdom of God against the kingdom of darkness. Because the kingdom of darkness also has power. And in the flesh, you don't stand a chance, chance against the kingdom of darkness. But in the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the kingdom of darkness stands no chance against us. But for us to be able to advance the kingdom of God and preach in the gospel, we need to have the two legs of the gospel established. That's why we preach on faith. And Fire and Holy Ghost and anointing and the gifts of the Spirit preaching the gospel getting people equipped with the power of God This is a church that equips people and releases people to do to go and do what God's called them to do. Amen as long as they do it the right way and They're submitted. They're not going and doing their own thing and causing havoc as long as they're doing it the right way They're team players. They're you know moving in the Holy Spirit. Then I'm all for it We're not here to hold anybody back Praise God. I'm also not here to hold anybody back from prospering and becoming multi-millionaires, even billionaires in this church. Just the same way we release the power of the Holy Ghost, we release that word of prosperity and blessing over people's lives here. Yes, this is a church that believes in prosperity. We believe in prosperity. We believe in the blessing of God maketh rich he adds no sorrow with it because you have to have resources to get the job done. And we got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> Especially when we're dealing with a world system that is trying to impoverish the masses and collect all the wealth, wealth, transfer the wealth into the hands of the few elite. That's their agenda. But guess what? My Bible tells me that it is their job to heap and heap and heap for the righteous to inherit it because the wealth of the wicked is laid out for the righteous. That means God's going to bless His church and there has to be an acceleration, not only in preaching of the gospel. I mean, we have to see souls coming into the kingdom at a more accelerated rate than ever before. I'm talking about 1 million in a day, 10 million in a day, (coughs) hallelujah. And then we need to see not only millions of souls come into the kingdom, but millions of dollars released for the kingdom purposes. And we need to have people that are kingdom minded, that have kingdom business minds, that want to build the kingdom. Because if you, how many of you want to build the kingdom? You're going to need the anointing, supernatural equipment, and you're going to need resources and the finances. Both have to come together. That's why when you look at this thing, we actually are dealing right now with infiltrators in the church agents of the devil that have come into the church to bring and preach doctrines of devils. When they're actually, you have global church leaders and denominational leaders that are going to the World Economic Forum, coming back and speaking against baptism in the Holy Ghost and tongues calling it of the devil, speaking against prosperity, you know there's a diabolical agenda to stop the church. It's all designed to basically tie the church up so that they don't have any power and they don't have any resources to advance the kingdom of God. Right. There is an opposition and we stand against that opposition. We are the resistance. We will not submit. We will not bow our knee to, the, to Nebuchadnezzar's image. You can throw us in the lion's den. We will be sound asleep. Because he will send an angel to shut the mouth of the lions. You can throw us in the fiery furnace. There will not even be the smell of smoke on us. We will go through the fire and not burn. We will go through the waters and not drown because the Lord is with us. The hand of the Lord is upon you. You have been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You have been anointed for greatness. Those who know that God shall do exploits. These are the days of the exploits. Even Jesus said, The same things I have done, you will do also. And even greater works than these you shall do. Because I go back to my father. And when I go back to the Father, I will send you another comforter. I will not leave you as orphans. I will send you the mighty third person of the Godhead. I will send you the Holy Ghost. And when He comes upon you, you shall receive power. Ha Sadabandobo. You shall receive power. And it's gonna take kingdom. Power to get the job done. Glory to God. Woo. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the fire of God in this place. God. Woo. My God. Hallelujah. Look at this woman in the front row. Just two months ago, she was a Muslim from Pakistan. Saved, filled with the Holy Ghost happy clappy praising Jesus and you know how she got saved she came in she was sitting here she said I, sh- I was shaking and weeping the whole service I don't know what it was but I know exactly what it was and she'd been to other churches felt nothing until she came in contact with the power of God because I know what it takes for Muslims they're gonna have to have a supernatural encounter And we got people out there that have never experienced the power of God, even in the church world. And that's a tragedy when Jesus died and paid for us to not only be saved but to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. I said Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire. (laughs) Glory to God. So we have to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And it's going to take power to advance the kingdom. It's going to take power to prosper. That's why the Bible says, it is he who gives you power to create wealth. Because the world system is against us. It's all stacked against us. It's all stacked against your average person. But we are not average people. We're not average people. We're sons and daughters of the Most High. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special people. We are God's appointed, anointed, chosen ones. Hallelujah. Baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Full of faith. Rising up in the last days. Hallelujah. The end time glorious victorious church. So you come in this place, you get empowered on a Sunday morning. And a Sunday night and all the other services we have. But you know what? The anointing is not just for the service. And that's another tragedy. Where the anointing has just been limited to a service, to a healing, to a tongue, to a prophecy, or to somebody getting a touch. Which is, it needs to happen. But the anointing is for a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday. Wherever you are, wherever you go, in your workplace, out there in the marketplace. Hallelujah. The anointing is there for you to to get the job done. Whatever the job is, whatever you're called to do, you are going to represent the kingdom of God. And especially if you're out there and there is no band. There's no pastor quarry to stir you up. You better stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost. You better stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost. You better go down there and draw from the well. You better turn on that engine and generate some power. Because when Jesus said, you shall receive power, he just didn't mean we're going to give you a little battery and we're going to give you a fully charged battery. No, no, no. We actually get a an impartation of the power generator called the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. The one who actually generates the power, the inherent powers living on the inside of us. So you got to turn it on. Somebody said, Pastor, how do I turn it on? <laughs> ha fire so that's the beauty of it that you don't rely on a service we need services power pack services but you rely on the holy ghost that lives on the inside of you when you're all alone sometimes by yourself hallelujah and you think you're you're the only one no 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 no. there are seven thousand others who have not bowed their knee but don't forget who lives on the inside of you. You're not an orphan. You're not without comfort. You're not without help. You have the mighty third person, the Godhead, the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. The helper, the parakletos, the comforter, the helper, the teacher, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the intercessor. Hallelujah. You tap into what lives on the inside of you. You've got to tap into this. You've got to learn how to tap into this you got to learn how to tap into it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. If this makes you nervous, I don't know what you're going to do when you get to heaven. Do you realize there is no quiet Baptist section in heaven? heaven there is no Catholic section where you go and burn candles you don't need candlelight angels are rejoicing saints are singing we got creatures flying around shouting holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty I can just imagine this creatures flying around Trumpets blowing, angelic choirs singing, God sitting on the throne laughing. Totally different picture than what religion paints, isn't it? When you actually read your Bible, you actually see God as he really is. Not through the eyes of religion and tradition. That's blinded so many to the power of God, to prosperity, to the blessing. I speak prosperity over your life. You better believe it and you better receive it. If you're sitting there going I don't know about that for me then it's just gonna bypass you go to the one next to you. So you better grab a hold of it. If Jesus paid for it you better grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. Last time I checked God's name is El Shaddai not Al Chipo. El Shaddai means the God of many blessings. The God of abundance, the one who is exceedingly abundantly more than enough, that's the God we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We will not be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to prosper, to set the captives free, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to open the eyes of the blind. Hallelujah. Make the lame the walk. That's it. It's all there. Everything you see in the gospels, everything you see in the book of Acts is for today. And i'm here to testify because i was once a muslim i was born as a sunni muslim to a sunni muslim family i had no clue i actually was taught to hate christianity and christians that's how i was raised until i had an encounter god spoke to me an audible voice at the age of 17. then i begin to search then i begin to have encounters supernatural encounters then i got saved I got saved in a living room. Then I ended up coming to church. I just didn't know anything about church. I didn't know the difference between, you know, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, vegetarian. I didn't know anything. So my my friend took me to a Baptist church of the Southern kind. Big one in Houston, Texas, and 50-minute services. The choir sang the same hymn all five years I was there. It's a great hymn, this is holy ground, but I mean, you kind of get sick of it after hearing it every Sunday. And then here I am looking, wondering, you know, where are the miracles? Where are the healings? Then I read my Bible. I became a troublemaker. I became the troublemaker of Baptists. Because I begin to question. I said, what about this in in the book of Acts? Oh, that doesn't happen anymore. What do you mean it doesn't happen anymore? It happened to me in a living room. Glory of God came on me. I felt the fire. What do you mean it doesn't happen? I'm here to tell you it is for today. And I got hungry for God. I began to scream and cry out. I said, God, I want your fire in another living room fire of God fell on me. It was like somebody took a bucket of gasoline, dumped it on my head and lit a match right on the top of my head. It hit me and went through my shoulders, my arms into my legs. I was instantly immersed in this fire. My whole body vibrating, trembling. It felt like 10,000 volts of electricity was going through my body. I couldn't even stand on my feet. I fell on my face. I was just weeping and laughing and speaking in tongues at the same time and it felt like there was a fire on my tongue. Felt like my tongue was gonna shoot out of my mouth like a bullet. (laughs) After about 45 minutes, I'm not praying anymore. God, I want your fire. I thought I'm gonna die. Lord, I can't take this anymore. My arms are gonna rip off of my body. My legs are gonna come apart from my body. The surge of power was so strong. The surge of power was so strong. And the Lord lifted it just enough so I could function, but for about another week, I walked around, I could just feel like this, like electricity just flowing through my body. And within a week, there was a 17-year-old Muslim girl that was brought to me, had the tumor the size of a lemon on the side of her neck. I had never seen this before, I had never prayed for anybody before. They said, we heard about what happened to you, would you pray for her? And I took my hand, I was just being led by the Holy Spirit. I was reminded reminder of the scripture, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I took my hand, I put it on the side of her neck like this, and she screamed. She screamed, ah! And I went like this, like, what happened? She goes, you burnt me. When I, looked, when I looked at my hand, my hand was like red, and I could feel that same surge of power in my arm. And then it was almost like I was just watching this happen out like an Outer body experience I'm watching this thing taking notes because out of my belly and I'd never heard the Baptists ever pray this So it had to be the Holy Ghost. It came out of my belly. I cursed this tumor in the name of Jesus She's shaking and weeping and I walked away going like this. Oh my Lord They carried away carried her away next day. I get a phone call they said the missionary that brought the girl to me a Korean missionary and, and this was actually after a church service outside because there was nothing in the church service. Because the church was, well, it was planted by the Baptist. So, you know. God bless the Baptists. I can pick on them because I was among them. So, you know, I can pick on them. When, you can, when you've been among them, you can pick on them. They do some good things, some. But anyways, but I get a phone call, you need to come. Talk to this girl's parents because the girl is hysterically crying, shaking, can't talk. They're all angry, wondering what I did to their daughter because I told them I was taking her out for ice cream, but I brought her to church. She goes, you need to come over here because the tumor is completely gone, and I don't know how to speak enough Turkish to explain it to the family. That's how I started out in the ministry, February 1996 got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Five days later, had, a, had a, a tumor dissolved from a 17-year-old Muslim girl. Didn't know anything about anything. And I shared the whole testimony of what God did in my life, and there's that angry Muslim man, starts crying. The husband and the wife, the father and mother, they got on their knees and they gave themselves to Jesus. How's that for your first week in the ministry? But then I realized, man, I don't really have any money to do anything. What do I do? And I begin to dig deep because I never taught, you know, heard any teaching on faith and believing God for big things and stuff like that either. Same thing. There was just a brass plate that would pass. And then I, I looked at the person next to me. I said, what's that for? They said, well, if you want to give something to the church, put something in there. Something to the church, put something in there. I said, well, I want to give something to the church. I put a 20 bucks. I didn't know anything about tithing. I didn't know anything about any of that, believing God. But then I got a hold of a little book called Seed Faith by Oral Roberts. It's actually two books. I have no idea how those two old, they were like tethered mini books. Old, like from the 70s or something. I don't even know how they ended up in Turkey. I got a hold of two little mini books. One was The Power of Praying in Tongues, which was about vision. You know, how he prayed in tongues and the Lord showed him everything that he was to build. So I begin to pray in tongues every day for hours. Just, Lord, show me everything that I need to build. So that's the, that's the Holy Ghost. Well, God can show you big things, but you better have the money to do it. Then the second little mini book was the power of seed faith. And I begin to understand money is a seed. You can sow it, speak to it. Amen. And you can call in the harvest. You can speak to it to be multiplied and to increase. Because, you know... The mission organization I was with, they said, okay, well, you know, you got to write letters and send them out. I'm like, I don't have a mailing list. And this is 1996, so there's no Facebook, no nothing, not even email, nothing. Pastor Rose was in Korea. We communicated via a fax machine. She'd write me a fax, I'd write her faxes. How many of you remember fax machines? Those things would come out, roll up, and then go under the desk. And I'd come and go, oh, she didn't send me anything. It had been two days the thing had rolled up under the desk. I'm like, oh, Lord. So I, so I made a list of people I knew. It's probably about 30 people. I sent out letters. I think I spent a couple hundred dollars. I got back $25, my first letter. I said, oh, my Lord, this is slow boat to China. What do I do? Then I just begin to, I just begin to sow seed believe God, speak it in, call it in, sow seed, believe God, speak it in, call it in. I look for places to give. I look for people that had needs. I look for ministries to support. When I could barely support myself, I would take money and support other missionaries and other ministries because I said, because I found out that what you do for others, the Lord will do for you. And he'll come back to you, pressed down, shaking together, running over. So I'm just giving you Basically, a glimpse of how I start out in the ministry. The anointing and the finances. And I begin to see supernatural money coming in. The Lord will just take me places. I would connect with people. All of a sudden, I wouldn't even talk about it. I share my testimony. People just come in and then all of a sudden, there's a hat. Ladies walking around with a hat and people are putting money in it. Never even talked about it. But the Spirit of God moved. And the Bible says people will give in the day of his power. So something happens when you... Are sold out to the cause of Christ like the prophet of all said is there not a cause there is a cause when you're sold out to the cause of Christ I can tell you right now you will never lack and so one of the things you need to do besides giving and faith and believing God also you've got to align yourself with the will of God for your life because the provision comes for the vision and when you're about your heavenly father's vision, the provision will come when you make it about souls, when you make it about the kingdom, when you make it about eternal things. When you attach yourself to eternal things, when you attach your life and your business to eternal things, make sure that you, you make God the, your business partner, the, the chairman of the board and have a board meeting. And take some advice from the chairman of the board the Holy Ghost so make your business a kingdom business there are a lot of businesses but a kingdom business is one that's connected to the kingdom so be be connected to the to the kingdom be connected to eternal things hallelujah and then if, and then the Lord you know after I did I was done with the two years of my of the, the mission team that I was with we got married we ended up coming to Tampa for the Bible school and and we were sent out by Doctors Rodney and Adonica to go back to Istanbul, Turkey in 1999 to start the first Pentecostal church in our nation, in our nation's history. And right there in January 2000, launched the first Spirit Spirit-filled Bible School, which is still going today with over 600 students, maybe close to 700 that have graduated. And people have gone all over the world. I, don't, I can't even keep track of, you know, some of the students. Some have gone to Africa. One, one, one guy is in Africa now. He's in uh, uh, Uganda. He's going from village to village to village. And he's got, he's got thousands of school kids getting saved. I mean, it's just amazing. And we sent the money, you know, to support him. And, you know, that's just crazy stuff. But how does it all happen? When we went back to Turkey, we had nothing. There was nothing in our nation. There was 10 churches. It wasn't like you could go around preaching, get big offerings. It's not like you can go on television to get partners. I paid to go preach, but then the Lord always brought it in, but then I begin to speak this and the people were mad, gnashing their teeth, foaming at the mouth because I was preaching prosperity. They said, oh, Christians are poor in, in this country, we're, we're, the, we're, we're just a minority. I said, well, no, we're the majority. Them that are with us are more than them that are with them. So what do you do? You begin to speak the word in the people. And people begin to take a hold of it. People that were unemployed, had no skill, are now business owners, employing 20, 25 people. Built companies and built businesses. and We had the Kingdom Business Fellowship in Istanbul years ago. Now that's what we're doing here. That's what, you know, Tuesday night, Kingdom Business Fellowship. We're gonna, I'm, I'm just going to speak the word and, and, and just raise people up because we're, gonna, we're raising up multi, multi, multi millionaires in this house. They're going to fund the end-time harvest. Hallelujah. And if you want to live on food stamps, you may be on food stamps now, but we're going to get you off of food stamps. We're going to get you off of food stamps. You're going to prosper. God's going to anoint you. God's going to give you ideas, and you're going to rise up. Hallelujah. Amen. Is this helping anybody here today? Amen. Say Lord anoint, me. Lord anoint me. Empower me with your anointing. 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 Empower me with the Holy Spirit. Anointing. Lord empower me financially anointing. to build the kingdom in Jesus mighty name. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpv.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.